This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hi, I'm George Norrie, and welcome to the new iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Like us on Facebook, tell your friends, and share us with everyone. This is an exciting new network that will feature podcasts of the paranormal, supernatural, and the unexplained. Now please sit back and enjoy Dark Becomes Light with Heidi Hollis. Welcome to our podcast. Please be aware the thoughts and opinions expressed by the host are their thoughts and opinions only and do not reflect those of iHeartMedia, iHeartRadio, Coast to Coast AM, employees of Premier Networks, or their sponsors and associates. We would like to encourage you to do your own research and discover the subject matter for yourself. Listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. <laughs> Welcome to my show. Remember, this is the place you go to when you want to learn the latest when it comes to anything out of the ordinary, from Bigfoot to shadow people, angels to holy encounters. And if you just want to get a little bit of insight on what it is that you've experienced, or research or have questions about, go to my main website, which is HeidiHollis.com. For those of you who do not know how to spell my name, ShadowFolks.com, that is the same website. And tell me what's on your mind. Tell me what you've experienced. Tell me what you've researched. Tell me what you've heard, because this is how we learn. I like to bring people's stories to the forefront and just sprinkle a little bit of insight and um, you know, experience and stuff I researched and, you know, how to get past this stuff. I, I am an occupational therapist who specializes in behavioral health, and it helps. I, I am not a doctor. <laughs> I'm somebody who has experienced a lot of things. And, wow, I found uh, I found the light. I found the light out of all of it, and uh, I'm hoping to help others do the same thing. So as I always say, I'm someone who has been there, seen that, done that, experienced it, seen that, (laughs) learned about it, researched, wrote about it, got over it, and now I'm trying to help others do the same darn thing so we can all figure this world out a little bit better, you know? So, uh, but again, I get asked a lot. It's like, so you're, you're, you're a doctor in this. It's like, I'm a therapist. Yes. But no, uh, I, I like to use my skills and the things that I've learned over the years, uh, you know, how to approach things. And so physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, I have helped people do that type of thing as a therapist. In the paranormal realm, uh, you know, I can't say that I'm applying that, like, this is this is what it is, you know, I'm, I'm just this therapist for this type of thing. 
But, you know, we borrow in life from all the things that we experience, right? And all the things that we learn. So it is a part of me. And uh, I think it's helped me a lot. And I think it's helped a lot of people as well. But uh, no, I'm not a doctor to apply it in session. You know what I'm saying? Um, (laughs) So, uh, but, you know, I I wanted to bring up something actually kind of tied into this topic of therapeutic stuff and therapeutic intervention. So uh, occupational therapists, we can specialize in so many different things. And I've done everything from physical disability to mental health and all of the in-betweens and working with children with learning disabilities, um, people that have broken an arm or fingers and, um, you know, and and trying to also uh, get over addictions and, and things of that nature. So I do cover quite a gamut of stuff. But What's important to know, thinking about when you do get injured and thinking about when you do become disabled, there are a lot of different types of technological advances out there that we're the people who introduce these to people. So if you need a wheelchair, uh, if you need a device to be able to reach something from the top shelf, whatever, we're the person that introduces the technology. And I have been very fortunate to also get that opportunity to do that type of thing. And, you know, today's guest is someone who has different abilities. And uh, I've met other people who have experienced, imagine, alien abduction, and were blind or heavily visually impaired. These things still happen to people. And, And it's always so intriguing to me how they're able to interpret the world around them and and how that uh, processes uh, for them so differently. You know, we think of, you know, how can a person who never knew uh, sight it could know uh, when something's changing or something is going on that's that's not uh, of the normal. And I was simply amazed when uh, I was introduced to a couple of different people who reported having alien abductions and to be able to to say well okay so how did you know somebody was in the room well of course they could hear them uh <laughs> and it's like well how do you know your environment changed you know what it what did it feel or look like and and this is this is really fascinating so one of the ladies that i met she said uh the vibration was different the sounds were different telepathically receiving information I mean, how extraordinary. And, uh, I, you know, I thought, or I hoped, I guess, for, for my own um, uh, reasonings, you know, like, well, did they give you the opportunity to see briefly or anything like that? And no, no, that wasn't part of it. But they were still an important uh, uh, element to have this experience where not abducted, but taken and, and, and spoken to and, and given this whole other worldly uh, experience. So I shouldn't say abducted. These, these two were not abducted and quote unquote experimented on in, in that sense. It was more of a, a meeting of the minds. And, uh, and I'm like, well, how does it make you feel, you know, knowing that you were aboard a craft like that? And, and it's like, it was extraordinary. And, and, and this one person, she was a lifetime experiencer. And uh, she just felt like these were beings that she knew and uh, would hang out with. And I, I just found that fascinating. So um, today, I'm going to have a guest that's going to be joining us, who is hearing impaired or, or lived as, as a deaf woman her entire life and uh, use uh, cochlear implants that, that helps her in, in a lot of ways, of course. And uh, But, you know, extraordinary, just an extraordinary 
individual. So Sinead Willihan will be joining us here shortly. And, you know, speaking of other senses, so something that I think that will really uh, help people better understand the types of experiences that we're having when it comes to alien interaction, right? It's not always physical. I, I, I'm sure anybody that that's out there that's into these topics knows it's not always a physical uh, interaction. It, these beings are very aware of their souls. And, and, and we're still questioning it. A lot of people are like, you know, I don't know is this, <laughs> if this is uh, the end when I die or whatever it is. And, and it's, 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 it's kind of weird to me because it's like you're, if you're an experiencer and you've seen these beings manipulate objects where they could walk right through it and, and take you from the inside out, like your soul. They don't just take people physically. You could have out-of-body experiences with them. This is well known. It doesn't get addressed as much and not in the movies, of course, because, you know, that's not weird and spooky enough. So oftentimes these different beings that people are meeting with, and it could be the rude, horrible, uh, violent ones that do this as well as the kind beings. And I always like to say, you know, <laughs> you believe that your little furball, your little animal has a soul, right? If they have a soul, what about an alien walking through your wall, right? It, it, they have to have a soul. And if they're able to understand better about soul matters, and, and we're still questioning it, I mean, who's the, who has the upper hand? <laughs> Who has upper hand? We're all about the technological aspects about their, their ride and all this stuff. I'm like, but look at their understandings of the soul that they can take you out of your shell of a body and have communication with you or manipulate you if they're bad um, and do s all sorts of stuff. And I know that uh, even I've talked about um, this whole scenario that's being pushed about all these aliens being bad. Okay, uh, my first book is called The Secret War, for crying out loud. I know about the evil ones, okay? Absolutely outright disgusting, horrible, associated with shadow people, hat man. I mean, right right in there, right in the gutter, okay? Um, but there's also some really tremendous positive beings out there. And uh, they're not the ones that are taking people against their will and blah, blah, blah. And they talk about God. Those don't make the movies. Um, those don't make a whole ton of books either because uh, people think, well, that's just fluffy, weird talk. <laughs> but there's some good ones out there. And they talk about a God. How about that? And they talk about a Jesus. Huh. Hmm, that's weird, huh? So and then the negative ones come along and you can say in God's name or Jesus name, get out of here. And, and they leave. So there is a very, very big element of spiritual knowledge going on among these different types of beings. And it's like, is it the, you know, Jesus that we know of from Israel? Uh, yeah, it's that energy. It's that love. That's that thing that's in him that made him who he is. That is acknowledged a part of the whole um, throughout the universe. And this is something that I talked about. And it wasn't easy for me to uh, take that step in that direction in that first book, uh, The Secret War, because it was, I had stepped away from uh, church thought for a long time because it was, uh, I was experiencing so many things like 
are you going to take me back to church? No, you know, it was just so hard. But there is this understanding, there is this knowledge of something out there. And this inner part of us that reaches out through these senses and this body that gives us the heebie-jeebies, that gives us the, 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 the creepy crawlies on the back of our neck, <laughs> our gut instinct, our wondering what's going on, or our sudden worries about somebody and they have an accident. We have a lot of senses, a lot of them, or, or that thing that tells us while we're driving home, take a left instead of a right. And then you go there and all of a sudden you see a big UFO and they're landing and they're talking to you. They know about these senses we have. They know about the soul part that reaches out through this husk of a body. So realize that, understand that we have a lot of things that we work with. So if somebody is differently abled in this world, um, are unsighted or deaf or, or something, they have a lot of other senses that they reach out through the soul to access the world. And these beings are able to connect with that in, in, in good or bad ways. So, um, yeah, so I think it's kind of cool that we're going to have a Sinead joining us here shortly. And we get to explore so many things. And it's not about being a deaf person either. She is an experiencer, lifetime experiencer of alien phenomena. And you're going to really enjoy this conversation. And uh, remember, you guys, go to HeidiHollis.com or ShadowFolks.com. And also, go check me out and follow me on social media at one Heidi Hollis. And, uh, and then I have a paranormal comic strip. Yep. So follow me at the Outlanders comic on Instagram. And uh, yeah, and tell me, tell me what you think of it. And tell me what you think of uh, all these different topics that I'm bringing up here on these shows, because it's important that this is being steered in the way that hitting the buttons that you need to be pushed and addressed. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I have to say, I went to a fabulous UFO festival recently for UFO days in honor of Bill Benson. So this show is for you, Bill. I hope you're resting in peace. Thank you for all that you've done. All right, you guys, we are going to get to our first break. You are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Stick around. We'll be right back. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, 
the Apollo Jim murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halper. Just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. As promised, I have a fabulous guest. I have Sinead Willihan, who holds a combined 25 years of experience as a special needs educator, youth mentor, social justice advocate, and diversity, equity, and inclusion consultant. She is a lifelong experiencer of ET contact and supernatural phenomena and was a research and interview assistant for Grant Cameron for two years. As a deaf woman, a large part of Sinead's spiritual path has been learning how to listen deeply on multiple levels using other senses and intuition. Sinead has studied energy healing, Reiki, psychic development, Tibetan Buddhism, Peruvian shamanism, yoga, animal communication, and meditation, and in particular, ancient indigenous wisdom. So I'd like to give a warm welcome to Sinead Willihan. How are you doing there today, Sinead? I'm very happy to be here with you today, Heidi. I've been looking forward to this. I'm glad to be here. Wonderful. Uh, you know, I am uh, really, really excited to talk to you because it looks like you've been a, a very busy woman. <laughs> <laughs> I have been. I have been indeed. It's been quite a year. Wow. So tell me. So first off, I always like to dig into the origin story of people and how they got involved into some of the very, very spectacular topics uh, that you cover. So please do share what what first intrigued you. 
Oh my gosh, uh, that's a big question. It's been a long story and part of it I'm still discovering. So um, there's a wonderful saying, I can't remember who said it, I wish I could, but someone famous once said that, you know, we live life forwards, but we learn it backwards. And I'm finding that that's very true because my origin story is really around age four. I started to have experiences and I had one particularly big experience that was actually very scary. It was my only scary experience that I've ever had with anything spiritual or paranormal. Normally, it's always been very positive, very loving, supportive, uh, inspiring, invigorating, you know, all those other things. Um, but this was my very first one. And um, I think it's kind of interesting that my very first experience was a scary one, but I was please, four. Please so... do share. I want to hear this one. Okay. Okay. Well, what happened was, um, so I've always been, as many of us are, you know, I've always been very sensitive and empathic. And uh, when I was a kid, I was pretty psychic and I could see the future. I would have um, ESP. I would have all kinds of things just happening naturally. And I never really told anyone about them because I didn't really feel a need to. I didn't know how to. I didn't know what the language was or how to describe it. I just knew that it was something special and I knew that I was experiencing it. And so I was taking that in. But the first memory I have of all of this starting was um, this one night. I was very young, age four, and I decided that I was going to sleep upside down in my bed. And I have no idea. Hold on, hold on. This is this is awesome already. <laughs> I'm, I'm loving this. <laughs> so your bat girl in your bat cave at age four, and <laughs> proceed. <laughs> well, horizontally, horizontally. Anyway. Okay. All right. <laughs> my, my parents were not that liberal. They weren't going to let me hang from the ceiling. But oh, okay. Uh, all right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Got it. All right. <laughs> horizontal. So I put my feet where, and you know, this was an interesting experience. I actually still clearly remember um, not just the experience itself but also the decision making that led me to have the experience which is kind of interesting and because I've had experiences since then um, where I know I've been guided or led you know there's been a few of those that have just been very clearly not me you know um, but I think this is the first time that I might have experienced that because I'm pretty sure that this wasn't just my own idea I think I, I was led to do this so I have this feeling like you really should sleep upside down tonight. You should sleep with your feet where your head usually is and your uh, head okay. where your feet usually are. Gotcha. Just you know, in reverse. And, Sorry. I went, I got a little bit more creative with it, but okay. I got you. <laughs> I wish I could say that I was hanging from the ceiling at four right. years old, but <laughs> right, right, right. I hear you. God, man. So, and not only that, but to sleep facing the wall where I, usually slept with my back to the wall looking outwards and for, for some reason these this repositioning of myself was important and I remember having that feeling like this is important and you should do this and so I'm just kind of you know as four-year-olds do I'm not over analyzing it I'm not thinking about it at all I'm just hearing these thoughts and I'm going with the impulse but as soon as I started to lie down in that position and my dad was there helping me go to sleep that night helping you know putting me to bed as soon as I started to lie down in that position, I immediately started to feel really scared, like scared. And I thought, hmm, I remember feeling that fear and going, okay, hmm, well, I'm just going to do this anyway, because I've already made the decision to sleep like this. So there was a bit of lead up and kind of this feeling of some apprehension or some kind of 
I don't know, potential or something in the air. That's what it felt like. Then my father says goodnight to me, um, you know, probably read me a book at the usual and then leaves. And I'm there in my room in the dark, uh, which normally never really scared me. But this evening was very, very different. And I immediately, as soon as my father left, felt a presence in the room. I felt like something was in there with me, something conscious that was observing me. And this completely freaked me out. And in fact, I was so scared that I froze in my bed. This wasn't um, sleep paralysis, but I just froze with fear. And all the hairs on my arms and the back of my neck were sticking up. I remember that as well. And so I was sitting there, I'm lying there trying to figure out what's going on and feeling this very heightened sense of awareness, right? When you have that kind of fear, you have that heightened sense of guardedness or awareness. But I wanted to see what was going on in my room behind me, right? Because I was facing the wall and I had my back to my room. So it took all my courage, but I gathered all my courage and I turned over and there was, of course, nothing there. But then the feeling of electricity and presence in the room just jumped tenfold. And all of a sudden, I just knew that there was something or someone right behind me, like directly behind me, as if it was lying right behind me in my bed you know, practically with its body or its energy field right up against mine. And I could practically feel breath on the back of my head. And then that being started sort of melting out through the wall into the night sky outside, but it was laughing the whole time. It was laughing and laughing and laughing and the laughter completely freaked me out. So after lying there again, frozen in fear for a while, waiting for this to be over, Um, it kind of faded away into the night sky. And then I jumped up, ran downstairs, told my parents, of course, they told me it was a bad dream and put me back to bed, but it most definitely was not. And after that, I feel like that was some kind of, I don't know, initiation or something. I don't know what it was, but after that was when things really started to happen. And that was also the first year that I got my first hearing aid because I'm a deaf person. I have a 90% hearing loss overall. So Back then, I was first diagnosed. That's the year that I was diagnosed with my hearing loss, and I got my first hearing aid, and that was a really big deal for me on right. a number of levels, you know, psychically and spiritually as well. My goodness. It, so, you know, when I hear uh, something like this, the laughter, it reminds mm-hmm. me of just one horrible entity, um, and, and that is that hat man entity. He loves to pick on kids. And, um, and he goes after those who are gifted. Uh, yeah. So, cause he tries to control and limit mankind's evolution essentially. So, uh, if you are somebody who is, uh, so open and gifted, he saw it and wanted to get a closer look and, uh, terrify you. It, it's, it's really a sick situation, but you said this was the launching pad for you and your, understandings about other things so where where did you go to next with your understandings I mean you were four years old that's amazing yeah I was four years old and um you know I really think that I came into this life uh having agreed to be here you know that's that's I'm quite sure of that now I've never had any actual confirmation of that but I've always had this incredibly strong unrelenting and I mean literally unrelenting drive to be a better person, quote unquote. That's how it started off when I was a kid. I just have to be the best human being that I can be. And what does that look like? And what does that mean? And that's really been the main purpose of my life. Well, so well, there's, there's not really, many examples here. So we're watching you. 
<laughs> I'm doing my best. Yes. <laughs> I'm doing my absolute best. I mean, I think, you know, that it's a big purpose for why we're here. And I think many of us choose to come here, right? Some of us are just in earth school and we're just floating around and learning. Others, I think, have chosen to be here for specific reasons and also as well, you know, in a parallel way to continue our own learning. Um, but that's that's a really, really early impulse that I had. And I, I started journaling when I was, I think, 10 years old. Um, I started having, I had a huge number of really massive downloads. And when I say massive, I mean huge in concept and in meaning and in significance, but also huge in power and electricity. So that was between age nine and 11. I had um, a whole bunch of them. I've written them down since then, but it was, a, it was literally like an electrical experience every time they would come in. And I would just listen and I would just take this information in. It felt um, normal to me. I don't know how to describe that better at the moment. It just felt something about it just felt familiar and normal. It never freaked me out. It never scared me. It felt magical. It felt special. It felt important, you know? So I just kept listening the best that I could. And like I mentioned from a very young age, I was psychic. I was intuitive. I was very sensitive. I was very empathic. Uh, you know, I was able to see the future, um, things like that. I would know, you know, who was calling when the phone rang. I would know what Christmas gifts I was going to get that year. I would know, you know, things that were going to happen in my classroom before they happened. Very specific examples, right? So this was stuff that I never told anybody. And I, I don't know that it's... I definitely felt like I couldn't tell people, but I also felt like I didn't know how to. And so I was just having my own very deep internal process with this communication that was coming from wherever or whoever. And that's another thing I never actually wondered, who is this or what is this? It just felt like, oh yeah, okay, you know, this is, I just need to know this. This is just something that's happening. I was just integrating it naturally, not thinking about it a whole lot. Really amazing. You know, I, I want to continue this conversation because it just shows how uh, special of an individual you are from such a young age. And I, I just can't wait to dive in. So we're going to go to our next break. You guys, you are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Stick around. We'll be right back. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do find this missing girlfriend and tell her story with the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one like my producer Anna oh my god my friend Dr. Mindy Shapiro hi it's Dr. Shapiro and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner and of course Gail's sister Elaine Katz having no closure it kills you join us as we try to solve a 35 year old cold case it's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. <gasps> what? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, 
Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpert. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way, knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, my name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen. I thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut, and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. I am speaking to Sinead Willahan, and my goodness, absolutely amazing to be four years old and have such a, a clear memory of what took place in your initiation into Stranger Things, let's put it that way. And, you know, it's amazing to me, people feel that. When they have something so negative, they feel like, I must have done something to deserve that. I'm like, no. Usually, it's because you are so different. You are a different kind of human being that these dark things do not like it, and they try to stomp out your light. And I'm so happy to hear that you recognize early on uh, your special abilities. At 10 years old, you started writing a diary. Do you still have these to reference? I do. Um, I have parts of them. Unfortunately, I did lose a bunch of them, but I do have some parts of them to reference. And for a long time, it was about me communing with, I realize now, as I was mentioning earlier, I really feel like we learn life backwards. You know, we kind of learn by reflecting and going back and making connections and you know, putting puzzle pieces together, especially when you've had your paradigm busted in such a big way, like you and I have, you know, we exist in this 
paranormal spiritual community because something came along, something happened to us that made us go, hmm, reality is not quite what we are being taught that it is. And so, you know, at that time, as a child, I was just um, living in this dual reality, I guess, you know, I would often feel like I had a very active imagination, that's for sure. But I would often feel like I was really having communication with something and that it was helping me and it was teaching me things. And uh, so I documented some of that in my diary, but my diary was mostly about having an ongoing communication with myself, you know, like developing a relationship with myself and my, I guess my higher self, because a lot of um, comfort and a lot of reassurance and a lot of answers would come to me just through writing. You know, I would start an entry and by the end of that entry, I would have a different perspective on whatever it was I started writing about. So yeah, I've always been big on communication. That's very important to me. As a deaf person, listening is very important to me. And I don't think that listening is just done with your ears. So that is a, uh, my disability in this life has been a, bo a boon, you know, a benefit for me because this taught me a lot of other skills and other ways of being sensitive and being tuned in and listening. Truly, I don't see it uh, as a disability the way you're, you're speaking. Definitely uh, a super ability. My goodness. I, I, I applaud you for your uh, things that you've accomplished and representing this. Uh, it, there's so many people who don't see themselves represented out in this field. So honestly, yeah. I believe you're the first that, that I've met that have uh, a hearing impairment of a sort. But again, it sounds more like a, a superpower. <laughs> so <laughs> that's awesome. It, Thank so, you. I think what, that's what our challenges are really for, right? To turn them upside down and see what's underneath them and how we can, how we can make them into something useful or something that we can use to empower ourselves. Yeah. Yes, honestly. And you also are a special needs educator. So you really honed in on it. I, I had challenges uh, with other things as a kid. I became an occupational therapist. So mm -hmm. I, I, I think it's interesting. That's true. When we are realizing, well, I struggled. I'm sure there's others who struggle. So let me get into that ballpark and try to help other people crawl out of these things. So kudos. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. Kudos to you as well. I mean, I really feel like, you know, people show up for others in this world in any way that they know how to. And often that's with our professions. Sometimes it's with our spiritual selves, yeah. but, um, you know, going into a service profession where you're supporting others is so incredibly important. It's a major contribution to anybody. I mean, even, you know, transit workers, people who are driving buses, they're doing a huge service for huge populations in cities, right? And they're not really seen for, uh, for that. And so I think we need to all appreciate that about each other. I really appreciate you mentioning that, Heidi. Yeah, so it's, it's very important. So tell me, you've experienced not just uh, this, this inner guidance, you've also had uh, other, other experiences that weren't horrific. So let's dive into some of those, shall we? Sure. Do you want to ask me about something specific? Oh, no, I'm going to let you steer this bus since we we're talking about buses and bus oh. drivers. <laughs> <laughs> I like there. that segue. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> clever, clever. Okay. Oh, gosh. Um, well, I'll, I'll tell you about my awakening because I did have, I am a lifelong experiencer of, of different kinds of you know paranormal stuff. But uh, for a long time, I didn't really know 
what it was, what to do with it, what to make of it, how to digest it, and most significantly, how to integrate it into my life, right, into actual living, like way of living and way of thinking and way of perceiving things. So what happened was um, after a really long period of actually a great deal of struggle, a great deal of um, suffering, you know, I had a, I had a pretty hard time for about 10 years and like for about 10 years there. And so I went to this really low point. I was feeling super burned out, super exhausted, you know, exhausted by all kinds of things, <clears throat> exhausted by experiences I'd had in my life and just burned out by work. And so I was kind of in this place where I was going, okay, what happened to all of those things I was able to do as a child? Like, why can't I, where is, where are those abilities that used to just be there? You know, my psychic abilities, my intuition, my empathy, all those things, how come they've gone? What, what have I done that has taken me off of that path that I used to be on so naturally and easily and that fed me, right? Nourished me. So I realized that I was kind of lost. You know, I wasn't really happy at work. I didn't really know where I was in my life or what I was doing. And so it was a, a point of great vulnerability. And I think that that's important because being vulnerable, being in a place of, you could say trauma or suffering or grief, it's a tender place to be. And that's often an opening for communication to come in. So, bam, I was given a massive awakening in 2019. This is actually after, right after I got my second cochlear implant. So I have two cochlear implants. As I mentioned, I'm deaf. Hearing aids were not powerful enough for me anymore. So I had to have implants, which are amazing, by the way. But the second one that I got, I was at home, I'm recovering. And because they have to go into your inner ear system and mess around in there, you can get a little bit dizzy afterwards. So I was dizzy for about 24 hours a day, seven days a week for um, two weeks. And so I'm lying around, not able to do a lot, right? Can't really go for a walk. I might fall over, <laughs> that kind of thing. So um, so I was lying on my couch recovering and I just thought, oh my gosh, I'm bored. I would really like to see or, or experience something new, something interesting. You know, I'm, I'm bored after being inside all, you know, for two weeks lying down. And I want to see something that is outside of the norm of what I would usually watch. So I went on to Amazon Prime and I found just by chance the Bob Lazar documentary. It's called Area 51 and Bob Lazar or vice versa, Bob Lazar and Area 51. I watched it. It absolutely blew my mind. I'd never seen anything like this before. I immediately believed him. I felt like he had integrity and he was the way he was speaking was so um, authentic and I was just astounded by what I was hearing and um, thinking, oh, my gosh, this is really amazing. I have to find out more about this. Turned the film off and boom, literally right after I turned it off, I was given my awakening. And it felt like I describe it as the cosmic frying pan. It was like getting bombed over the head wow. <laughs> with the cosmic frying pan. Um, it was that reverberating for me of an experience. And it was so massive energetically that I actually kept reverberating with this experience for literally uh, at least another eight weeks. I think it was even into October. This is the end of June, early July, 2019. And I was just on another level for two or three months after that. And uh, it was just something else. I've never had anything like that happen before. 
Um, so that really, really, really woke me up because the message was extremely firm, extremely clear, and came with this kind of loving, nurturing presence that I never felt. I've never been religious. My parents were raised, I was Catholic, and they left the church when they were in their 20s, moved to Canada from Ireland and had my brother and I here. So we had never been involved in the church or any kind of religion. And um, so this is the first kind of experience like this that I'd ever had. And um, I couldn't believe it. I just couldn't believe it, that this was happening. Yet I knew that it was. And so I just kind of stayed in this bubble of amazement about what had just occurred. And uh, something like two and a half weeks later, or about two weeks later, I was starting a job. So again, you mentioned that I'm a teacher. So I was starting this summer job that teachers can sometimes do for extra bucks, where in Canada, you're marking government literacy tests. And what that means is these are mandatory literacy tests that are sent out to every single child in Canada um, at, in, in grade six and then in grade 10. So I was supposed to mark the same question over and over and over again in hundreds of different booklets. And um, I was starting this job. So I walked into this huge warehouse. There's hundreds of teachers that are sitting there ready to mark these booklets. Everybody's exhausted. You know, it's 730 in the morning. We've got a coffee, kind of low vibe, huge concrete warehouse. And so the juxtaposition between that atmosphere and what I had just experienced, which was totally unlike anything I'd ever had happened to me before, I, it was really jarring. And so after three days of being in this job, I was like, oh my God, did I make that up? You know, my awakening, did I, did I imagine that? Was that really real? Because this is reality. This is what I was thinking, right? This job and this life and the kind of waking up, going to work, you know, doing something to pay the bills. This is reality. So that can't be reality. And so I went home that night and I was actually a little bit stressed out and a little teary. And I kneeled down on the floor of my living room and basically prayed, again, something I've never really done before, to them. And I just said, look, I, I really think you're real. I really think you were here. I really think you did come through to me, but I need proof. I need, need absolute undeniable proof. I need to know that this is real and I'm not going crazy. Sinead, Sinead, do you mind if we, we leave them hanging to the, the next segment? <laughs> <laughs> to see all. what that proof is. All right, you not guys, <laughs> you are listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. Stick around for the rest of this fascinating story. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And, of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. 
join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Scott Weinberger, journalist and former deputy sheriff. In my new podcast series, Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders, I'm embedded in the cold case investigation into the death of firefighter Billy Halpert. It's just a shame, you know, that they took him from us. Experience this investigation in a truly unique way. Knocking on doors, uncovering new evidence, including the DNA of a potential killer. Uh, My name is Danny Smith. I'm a detective uh, with Miramar Police Department. This is Scott Weinberger. We're actually reopening an old case, and your name came up. Untangling secrets that may reveal the answers to not only one murder, but almost a dozen thought they were going to kill me, so I kept my mouth shut and I didn't say anything. All these years, I didn't say anything. Listen to Cold-Blooded, The Apollo Jim Murders on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. All right, Sinead, I think we teased them enough. Um, (laughs) So let's hear this rest of this unbelievable story. And um, it blows my mind. I I have to say, I'm I'm having so many people come on this program who are not faith based, but they're having these almost like huge. faith-based like moments almost you know it's like to the soul of them type of uh, experiences so you had your first prayerful moment and what happened after that so I, I asked them for proof. And so the next morning um, I went into work and the, the short version is that 
every single day we are, you know, we're again, we're in this huge warehouse and there's all these rooms sectioned off with hundreds of teachers marking these booklets. And so each room has a quota that they're supposed to meet every day of how many booklets you mark, right? And everyone's doing the same question in their booklets. So you basically do this, you get this spiel for in the first thing in the morning from the leader of the, of the room says, okay, everybody, good morning, da, 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 da. This is our quota for today. These, you know, remember these rules, blah, blah. And then you just get up from your desk and you go to the front of the room, grab any random stack of booklets. And there's literally hundreds of them on this massive shelf at the front of the room. You just go up and grab a stack, bring them back to your desk and you start scoring them. So that morning, every single booklet that I got for 45 minutes was completely off topic and every single one, these are written by 10 and 11 year old children who are in grade six. So you're looking at the actual handwriting of these kids in these booklets, right? They've handwritten them. So I'm looking at these, these stories that these kids were supposed to have just written creatively from, from, um, from a prompt that they were given. But they're totally off topic. They're talking about flying cars and interdimensionality and uh, intergalactic councils and the earth is alive and conscious and time wow. travel and portals and aliens. And I mean, I could not believe it. It was absolutely extraordinary because it was just completely out of place. And I really wish I'd been able to take photographs of these answers, but because it was government property, I wasn't allowed to. Um, but that's what happened. So they gave me Amazing. my answer, you know, booklet after booklet after booklet through the voices of these 10 or 11 year old kids from all over Canada. It was wow. just something else. Yeah. Don't you, don't you think this model that we go by uh, keeping so darn busy that we do kind of drone out our senses and, and what we're capable of? I mean, we've become these working machines and it's not natural. Uh, And and you lose touch. I mean, my goodness. So out of the mouth of babes, they reminded you of who you (laughs) really are. Yeah, they really did. And the thing is that in 2017, I had actually met um, ETs. Like I I was inside a UFO very briefly. I was in Peru at the time. And I was having, Peru is amazing. I, I definitely have had a past life in Peru. I felt like on another energetic level the whole time I was there. And I had amazing experiences all over that country for the three weeks that I was there. But for one part of it, I was in the jungle and um, without going into a whole lot of detail about this, basically ETs appeared and as light beings gave me a huge enthusiastic welcome um, as if they had been waiting for me for years and years and years. And I had no idea that I was being waited for. They were absolutely delighted to see me and they invited me into the UFO. So I got to be inside the UFO very briefly. And then they took me outside of it again and said, listen, we want to take you up. We want you to come with us. Um, but I, the, the short story is I was not able to go. I was having a great deal of stomach upset at the time. Um, and so I wasn't able to go. But when I felt them leaving, I felt their voices getting fainter. I was saying, no, 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 don't go. I, you know, stay. I want to I continue this. And they said, don't worry. This is your invitation. Oh and so gosh. at the time, I had no idea what that was. But then two years later, almost to the day was when my awakening happened. And then my life was just not the same after that. I was already thinking, you know, what am I doing with my life? What is this career really right for me? What am I, what am I here for? You know, what is all this for? So when that happened, it just gave me that jolt of inspiration. And 
um, joy for life again and expanded my worldview and but just busted my paradigm in a way I never saw coming and has refreshed everything about my life and about how I see myself as well. Amazing. And 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 in true teacher fashion and, and an advocate fashion as you are, you decided to pull your efforts of uh, exploring such topics and inner existences uh and what are you doing now what what are what's your uh, organization and podcast i love that question i'm so excited to talk about this i actually met uh one of your other guests jenna Layden, who has become a very good friend of mine i met her through a mutual friend and when we met each other we had this experience of recognizing each other right away you know we just felt like oh i know you you know and we were having telepathic experiences. We were having synchronicities. So we, we felt this compulsion to get to know each other better. And so we started having our own chats one-on-one. And those became, you know, long hours, long conversations that we just realized, oh, my God, we have so much in common. We have so much to talk about. We have so much we want to do that is very similar. And so Jenna had already started Star Family Wisdom. Um, she's the founder of Star Family Wisdom. But she was saying to me, you know, I really want to do this, but I can't do this by myself. And I think you might be the person that I'm supposed to team up with. So I just said, yes, I took that as the universe giving me an opportunity to continue my path. And so I said, yes. And we have been co-creating Star Family Wisdom together ever since. Uh, This was last year, the fall of last year. And uh, we have a podcast going. So we have a starfamilywisdom.com website, which offers beautiful free products for anybody who's curious about ETs, that would be extraterrestrials, or UFOs, or consciousness, or human evolution, spirituality, shamanism. Uh, We have free products. We have courses. We have all kinds of things available to you. And then on our podcast, we have really amazing conversations with amazing people such as yourself, people who are leaders in the field, people who are really wanting to make a contribution to this very valuable pivotal time in our human evolution on earth. So I've actually left teaching, which probably sounds crazy. It was a secure lifelong job with very good pay. Teachers in the in Canada get paid better than in the U.S. Unfortunately, oh, we don't know the meaning of this. Can you translate that, please? I, I didn't hear that right. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> what honor your teachers? What? I don't know what that is. My goodness. such a shocking concept, right? Such Honestly. a shocking, unfamiliar concept. Disgusting I know. Disgusting the way we treat teachers here. Yeah, you know, education is in trouble. I think all over the world, and that's a whole other conversation. But yes. um. It was really starting to dampen my spirit considerably. And, I, you know, as I mentioned, I'm a sensitive, empathic person. And this, has, this is a system that has become very corporate, very dry, very much about, in my personal view, turning out product as if it's a corporation. And the product is human beings. And I feel very weird about that. You know, I feel like there's a different way we need to be addressing this. But in the meantime, I was in the career, loving my kids, loving being a teacher, loving my classroom, but feeling super uh, discouraged and, you know, demoralized, frankly, by the system and how it was operating. And so along comes Jenna and along comes 
um, you know, this opportunity. And meanwhile, I'm having more and more and more experiences with my communication with ETs and with other beings that are around me. So my trajectory has been expanding, you could say. And Star Family Wisdom came along at exactly the right time. So Jen and I have just been on this amazing adventure together, creating this content, wanting to share our journey with others, inspire others and support others also in their own evolution, spiritually and otherwise. Well, I would say that was a, a pretty darn uh, good trade up that you did there. <laughs> it was indeed. Yeah. I mean, I, I have left a great deal of security, you know, pension benefits, all that stuff. But I was feeling it like it was the golden handcuffs. And then if I really wanted to change my life, I had to do I had to surrender. And that's a really big topic to talk about. But Surrender and vulnerability are incredibly, incredibly powerful energetic forces. And when you allow yourself to go into that space, this is my personal opinion, just from my experience, uh, it allows these beings to come through and to, to work with you more closely so that you're, you're collaborating with the universe. You're not collaborating with the 3D as much, right? And we want to move out of the 3D. We want to move up. We want to go beyond this stuff that is keeping us so limited in our thinking and in our beingness. And so, um, you know, Star Family Wisdom was absolutely something I co-manifested in my life. But Jenna has also given me that opportunity to work with her and our guides and the universe are supporting us in really amazing ways. It's something else. It's truly been it's truly been an adventure. It's been an adventure. So it's making me feel it makes me feel more alive, even though I'm taking all these risks, you know, financially and otherwise. Um, I feel like they've got my back. I really do. And the evidence is there around me to, to encourage that, that Love it. Um, feeling. Love it. Yeah. That's wonderful. Well, I really want to thank you so much for coming on the show today. This has been super enlightening and a lot of fun. I, I really enjoyed this conversation. Oh, thanks so much. It's really lovely to be here. I really appreciate the invitation and the chance to connect with you. Amazing. You know, time and time again, I am running into people like myself and like Sinead here who walked away from their careers because they feel so passionate about what it is that uh, is pulling in their souls to enlighten others, to continue on their path of enlightenment. And it's a nice shift. It's a nice thing to see. And it could be scary. It could be risky. But, you know, is it worth to sit in the same spot and do the same things day in and day out? You got to ask yourself that. I personally feel it's worth the risk, but I create a balance. I still practice as a therapist and, uh, you know, a lot of people just have to drop it and put all their energy into it. I get you. I feel you. And thank you for doing that. All right, you guys, don't forget, go to HeidiHollis.com or ShadowFolks.com. Tell me your stories. Tell me what's going on out there. And I will address your things all here on the show. I don't care what it is. You got questions, experiences, research. We will dive right on in. Wow. Um, you know, I'm never bored on this show. I, I'm always learning and growing. And I hope the people I have on the program are as inspiring for you as they are for me. And don't forget to go to theoutlanderscomic.com or follow me on any social media at one Heidi Hollis. All right, you guys, you have been listening to Dark Becomes Light with me, Heidi Hollis, on the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. We'll see you next time. Stay safe, everybody. Goodbye. Well, if you liked this edition of Dark Becomes Light, wait till you hear the next one. You've been listening to the iHeartRadio and Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Podcast Network. 